When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala. And guys, I hate to break it to you, but I, I know too much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I know entirely too much. Ooh, you know boy. who knows too much as well would be <laughs> the person who's with me always, every episode, these days via Zoom video chat is my co-host, the incredulous skeptic, Kristen Stuttered. <laughs> Hi, Kristen. Oh my gosh. Hi, Joe. Incredulous and incredible. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kristen, you know what it is. You know what we're in right now. Don't it's say it. Early June Lintz, and it's trending everybody's talking about it the news outlets are picking up on it it's an incredible time for the podcast for the world at large the niche within a niche within a niche of this pun Mm -hmm. is astonishing i am incredulous when i think about it because first of all you have the stupid rock hall and then second of all you have a subcategory within the stupid rock hall early influence and then you have a stretch of a pun Mm -hmm. and yet somehow it's trending everywhere i am seeing it it's everyone is talking about it and i think it's just to bother me Uh uh-huh so let's recap so far what we've done we have talked about the history of the early influence category. We last week talked to Rev Payton about Charlie Patton, a true early influence inductee, because as we know, this category historically honors acts from the pre-rock era, which Charlie Patton certainly fits that bill. Uh, But now we are going to be getting into the artists that are stretching the definition of early influence. The inclusion of these artists, you know, really changed the game. But who knows if it will mean anything? I mean, they could just decide this year, this is what early influence category is. And then next year it's all, you know, Victrola artists. So, I mean, if there's one thing that the Rock Hall is known for, it's inconsistency. That is true. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you're right. It's it. I'm curious where the category goes from here. Now, do you remember the other two early influence inductees this year? LL Cool J. Nope. 
no, he's musical excellence. Uh, excellence. Uh, mm-hmm. It's Kraftwerk and um, uh, oh, um, uh, Gil Scott Heron. That's correct. So with Kraftwerk and Gil Scott Heron, it's interesting to see like, okay, they were from the early seventies. Like, what are we going to be considering early influence from here on out? Will it be anyone? Now they have a specific influence upon their genres. I would say with Gil Scott Heron in particular hip hop and with Kraftwerk electronic, but I'm curious how much we will stretch the category. Will it go to basically like, have you influenced people? Is that enough? (laughs) I mean, will early be taken out of the name? It really all depends on where you sit in history. Yeah. Like, are we going to see the, this is where they're going to put the girl groups that they've missed like the Shangri-Las or the Marvelettes, like, is that, are they early influence now? I don't know. I'm like, put them all in. Who cares? Wow. I, I think it's a good idea. Let's well, do it. You know, our listeners might be curious because we do, we're, we, it's just you and I talking. There is no guest with us. That is because we have already talked about craft work with a, I, I think the perfect person to talk to about craft work, uh, our friend, comedian actor Demorge Brown which we talked to him years ago at this point what was this the first season of I'm calling it a season yeah it's from it's from our first year for sure I bet I'm really still all up in arms I remember especially that first like the beginning of our show my one fact that I knew about the rock hall was that it was different than the museum and I feel like Mm -hmm. that was my only specific fact that I would anchor myself with not to say that I know a lot but boy do I know a lot more now Mm -hmm. than I did whenever this was recorded I can guarantee that's that's true I feel like the the separation between the hall as an idea and the hall, the museum used to not just was like your fun fact, but would kind of send you into like a frustrated tizzy of like, okay, it's ephemeral. I mean, I still do feel that way, but I Mm -hmm. also just don't care if people know. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's not a distinction worth pointing out. Yeah. I'm like, so what you can think that the museum is the hall. I don't care. People say it all the time on the show now. And I don't think I've corrected someone in many, many months. It's fine. Yeah. It's really not worth it. So some might say cares. So the, uh, we will be re-airing the craft work portions of the Demores Brown episode from that must've been late 2018 and we will, I will be remastering it too. So the sound levels will be perfect. I'll be dropping in clips, which was something we used to not do. So it's going to be edited and hopefully the uh, listening experience, even if you've heard that episode, I'm guessing it will have been a long time, but even if not, I think it'll be a new listening experience. So let's listen in to the remastered episode with Demores Brown, all about early influence inductees of 2021 Kraftwerk. We're with Demores Brown, and, and we're going to talk about those German computer boys, Kraftwerk. Hey. Now, I, I was saying this before we started, yeah. but the, the way I found out that you were a Kraftwerk fan, <laughs> uh, I've known you through the comedy scene for a, a few years or so, and I was trying to find people to come on the podcast that I, I thought 
would be qualified to talk about some of the current nominees. And I just put Craftwork into Facebook, and your name popped up a few times as having posted about them. Oh, and that's, I, don't even, I don't even know what I said. Right. <laughs> that's you seem to indicate that you forgot. And so I'll pull up. We got two posts from May of 2015. Oh, good. I don't know if you can provide any insight as to why Craftwork was on your mind at that time. But the May 4th, 2015... <laughs> well, you know, it's springtime for Craftwork. It's a... <laughs> well, actually, it looks like this This is based this on, <laughs> on news. You posted a link that uh, Craft, Craftwork calculate new slate of 3D concert dates. So I guess they had just put out a tour list. Uh, uh, yeah, they, they toured for seemingly ever... Mm-hmm. And did a retrospective of first he did like a greatest hits tour. Then he did a tour where they did they would do they would set down in some place and do six days in a row and do an album a day basically. That's very and cool. all their graphics were three D graphic images. So you like would, people would wear three D glasses. You would get three D glasses and That's you would sit there. Cool. They played the Disney Hall and did it a couple of times. And were you there? You were. Uh, I saw one show. I saw the Computer World show. Nice. But I'd seen them before a couple of times. I saw them once at Coachella. And it was a mess. It was crazy. Why was it a mess? It was the first of all, they put them in the dance tent, which oh. is has a grass floor. So mm-hmm. by the end of the day of all these people, you know, grinding in place, them being the headliners, you get there at night, and it's just full of this vapor that's it smelled like a four H fair basically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then uh, I think Laurent Garnier was on before them, just DJing his stuff, and then. Craftwork comes on, and they just put out the album Tour de France, which most people, you get it and you're listening, you're like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. But the whole trick about them was they had experimented with using essentially subsonic tones on it. So a lot of, there's bass in it that you can almost, you can barely hear, if not not hear, but you feel it. If you have a good stereo system, it's punching you basically in the chest. Wow. And they played with this at top volume, and people were mashed against each other. And I just remember at one point, two-thirds of the way through, security had to come through and take a woman away because she had become over-ecstatic, as they described to us when they came back. So uh, one kid was like, what happened to her, man? They're like, she became over-ecstatic. And then wow. the girl next to us. This is like, you know, she got possessed by the Holy Spirit. She fell out. She said that she had like a, it was a, such a, she goes, it's such a physical freaking pounding. And I bet you anything with everybody grinding against her. She oh, just over. She orgasmed she over, in the center. Or over physicalized herself. Yeah. She just sort of. <laughs> There's a lot of euphemisms for what. Sure. She topped up. And then, like, <laughs> but they took away. They were like, we when they, yeah. they got her out that she was just overstimulated basically and just had to be taken away. Wow. Not the, every band can have that distinction. I don't know any other band. Yeah. That yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Is and, that one of the categories, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, their influence in the uh, category of orgasm. Yes. Uh, maybe you can translate this for me. I'm looking at your Facebook and when you posted this... You... I posted in German? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Ausgezeichnet? Ausgezeichnet. Just means excellent. Okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and then one later... Few things make me as happy as the last five minutes and 40 seconds of Kraftwerk's Neon Lights. It's got to be Neon Licht yeah. or Neon Lights. Neon Licht, yeah. Aussie yeah. Seichnick. There is, I mean, that song has a, it's, it's, it's classic. It's been covered by Simple Minds. It's been covered by, I don't know who else. You 2 covered it. Yes, um, did cover it. And it's just this gorgeous, resonant song. And the lyrics are very simple. Neon Lights, Neon Lights. And at the fall of night, the city is full of lights. This city's made of light. 
it's just sort of like that repeating over and over with this melody it's great and then the last five minutes is just this instrumental section this arpeggios there's arpeggios like all over the place People hear it now and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. It sounds awesome. But they invented the instrument yeah. that make that it's sound. Like, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. It's they- like when you see everything that references Citizen, Citizen Kane, Kane or... Can I tell you what I know about Kraftwerk? Yes, I, I was just going to bring that up because we'll, uh, we'll kind of get into it. And we here's like what I know about Kraftwerk. I know they're German. Great. I know their name is Kraftwerk and it's spelled with a K and mm-hmm. an E-R-K at the end. Mm-hmm. I know they make beepity boopity music for sure. I <laughs> yes. know it's like a beepity boopity, and then it's kind of like maybe pre-industrial. Yeah, it's, I mean, if you mean it, like the the wave of industrial music, they came before that. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's accurate. Like but a, did they help usher in? Did they? They're an offshoot of the, the concept. Is under that, industrial that, like an offshoot of craft work? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I mean, what's what is the genre? I mean, literally, and I could not name a song other than the fact that you just said Neon Lights is a song, but I've uh-huh. never heard it. I, I could not name any. I know. Oh, yeah, you can. I know, you, just don't, you just don't know. Right. Yeah, you I can. look we'll, forward we'll to that knowing that I know, be... to learning that I know craft work There's songs. one in particular that will, I think, blow your mind, which will be fun. Is it Funky Town? Did they, <laughs> they wrote Funky Town. <laughs> Even songs like that from the disco well, era. Ripping them up, yeah. Beyond that, in preparation, I've been listening to a lot of craft work, and it's just kind of been what's been playing. And then when I'm in the car, co- I was in the car yesterday and i was driving and betty davis eyes came on and it starts off with a little synth line i was like that's a this is craft work the drumming at that that was invented by carl bartos invented that carl bartos was in craft work for a long time and he invented that that drum mm-hmm. he was the percussionist who invented that drum that makes a the, the snap, the snap, the, the snap the, like. Ch-ch-ch. What do they call that? I learned. Well, I watched a little Vox thing about that sound. Oh. it's the sound of the eighties. The like drum that the that synth- like the synth snare. Or the synth snare. The like the like. Ksh, the drum, drum machine sounding drum like ksh, instead of sounding like a hit, it's sounding like a ksh kind of thing. Yeah. Well, those cool. concepts are there. So that's a thing. So when you talk about classifying them, they really predate class. They originally. And there's a video, if you can find it, it's the funniest fucking thing in the world. They originally, they didn't have short hair and stuff. They had super long hair. They came out of the 60s. The Germans in the 60s, German youth in the 60s, had had their entire sort of pathway of living ripped away from them. Because after Berlin had been separated and culturally, their whole way of life, there was this sort of, uh, I don't want to, people say shame all the time, but there was this sort of like, if you were a, a German Heritage, you were just constantly hit in the face with the fact that you lost the war and that this was your legacy, that this was something mm-hmm. that you were dragging with you. So mm-hmm. the youth started trying to find these new ways of expressing themselves. Um, and they really didn't have a way of music to draw from. So they started pulling on other scenes, American scenes, the scene in London, that kind of stuff. And they had these clothes that were like almost like Bader Meinhof chic, sort of. That's a terrible, like you like university chic, like college kid chic, sort of mm-hmm. like corduroy jackets and bell bottoms and shoes like that. And so they were almost like this hippie band with a guitarist, with a bass player. But then they also had these drums that were made that were sort of like metal discs. They looked like a, mm-hmm. a cupcake tin. Yeah. And then I think the drumsticks originally were cut from clothing hangers that were looped. And there was the whole thing was electric. If you touched it, it made a weird fizzy sort of sound uh-huh. and you'll see like it so 
the first video, earliest video of them I've ever been able to find is like from 67 or something like that, 68 maybe, and it's them playing as they as they sort of were. There's a flute that's run through a bunch of electronic filters. In right, wow. a real flute. And Florian. the flute, flute was like a, a huge part of their like early. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, and and. So there's a real flute playing, not a synthesizer flute, but a flute played through a bunch of weird filters that was changing the sound. And it's on the news. And so there's like a news guy with a hip leather jacket and long hair, and he's wearing a turtleneck, and he's like, blah, 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 the music of the future, Kraftwerk. Mm -hmm. And then they pan to them on the studio, and they're just standing there playing this. It almost sounds like pastoral folk music, except everything is electronic. And there's a the guy playing a flute which I think is Florian is playing the flute and Ralph Winter is playing an actual synthesizer and Carl is on these little cupcake yeah, DIY drums. Oh my God. <laughs> I know that they were important. I know that they like innovated and stuff. But... Mm -hmm. Well, why don't we why don't we get into the quote unquote categories? Oh yeah. Yes. So so Demorge, when it comes to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, there aren't really any publicly announced categories of what makes someone induction worthy you know the hall is basically has shut their mouth in terms of like what they consider to be uh merit so what i've done as someone who is obsessed with this uh bizarre institution the only official category is that someone has to it has to be 25 years after their first released recording okay. exactly this uh, is like 50 years after but... yes right for sure 55 so i put together a list of categories that i think if you do well enough in these categories you have a, a good case for induction so we'll go through through these with Kraftwerk and sure. see how they do. And the first category is critical acclaim. And I think Kraftwerk's been a, I use this phrase a lot, but they've been a critical darling They're for across the board. There's kind no of way. as long as, as they've been around. They change everything. The critics loves it. When it comes to the critics, <laughs> they're like, yeah, dude, that's very cool. <laughs> they have changed literally everything, especially like the DJs now. You look at like... Derek May and all these guys. Those are the, when you do a documentary on Kraftwerk, partially because they hide so much from the public. But a lot of the people they go to are the actual DJs who will sit there and say, you know, you know, here's this, here's this riff. This is where this came from. This is where this came. From. Like it's the people who keep the music going. Oh, you better believe we're going to hit up their influence oh, as well. Oh, you think that is a category? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, but when when it comes to the critics, I think they've always been well received. Maybe at the time they weren't fully understood you know with time what they were doing grows in importance every single year but especially when you look at lists i for, i think it might be the magazine enemy straight up said the two most important groups in music is the beatles and Kraftwerk. Dang! Because they electrified, like they um, because <laughs> they electrified, they electrified the world. And everything in the saying. world. Like they made it electronic. It was enemy. It was the like... Beatles and Kraftwerk may not have the ring of the Beatles and the Stones, but nonetheless, these are the two most important bands in music history. That was from music journalist Neil McCormick. In yeah, what year? I think so. Is Probably... he part of the voting body? I wouldn't wouldn't shock me. Yeah, maybe he's one of the ones who uh, got him on the ballot. But, is this uh, their first year on the ballot? No. So Kraftwerk has been on the ballot five times. This is their fifth time. First in 2003, then they were off the ballot for 10 years, and then it, it has been every other year. 2013, 2015, 2017, and now 2019. Yeah, they, yeah, they got to get it this year. Because it's, it, it's crazy that they're not in it. It is crazy that they're not in, but every I, single piece of music that's out there, almost right now, and certainly in terms of pop music, mm -hmm. is pulling from them, is is riffing from them, is mm -hmm. doing. I mean, essentially, the music industry giving up and just saying like, 
okay, you know, <laughs> this is it is is that Coldplay song. Yeah, that well, you. Oh, oh we'll we're get gonna, to you're that. gonna get to that. Okay, yeah, that's. Oh. I, I wanna. I'm gonna pull that just because I know I'm that like will. So intrigued. That will what hit Kristen uh, in a way where she's not <laughs> expecting it. Um, but yeah, so I think the problem with and we'll we'll get to this a little bit later though is that I mean it's just the voting body. I don't trust them to really appreciate and understand the significance of craft work when we've seen what they go for. You know, they've been up. This is their fifth time. So we know that, that they, thing you pulled up before we even started that little, that yeah, the, little keyboard thing in the room. That's there's like a tiny, them. there's a tiny little keyboard in this room that I pulled out. That exi- that, that, that technology was oh, advanced so because of them. Yeah. And it has like, it has knobs and like little buttons for oh. drums. It's an Axiom <laughs> mini air 32. And it, yeah, it is only in this room because of the band craft work. So okay. critical so acclaim. Critics, yes, they love for sure. Them. And then, you know, they've shown up on lists and when we, the next category is called classic albums and on Rolling Stone's top 500, which we refer to a lot because there's a connection between Rolling Stone and the hall. Trans Europe Express was was obviously on there, and it shows up on nearly every list of the greatest albums. It's just it just has to. Yeah, like, and even even the like more populist like VH1 lists from you know 15, 20 years ago, Trans Europe Express was on there of the top one hundred. Which is when you're making a list for VH1, <laughs> you probably want to put more of your Beatles and Michael Jackson on there. Jody Mitchell. But yeah, they put. I mean, Trans Europe Express. You know, there, there was no denying it. That's like their definite monster, classic, definitive album. But even beyond that, I would throw in Computer World, Computer World as is. being very classic. And then even Autobahn. Yeah, absolutely. And then even like the second tier beyond that, you can throw in Man, Man Machine. Machine. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard to look at their output and not just see a lot of those are probably the top ones but you know one of their great strengths is that they are i think an album band their work was cohesive and they would put out albums that really fit together and i think the one category that they aren't as strong in is recognizable songs yeah in that like with Kristen, if i say like okay can you name a Kraftwerk song you... I say no, but I can name three Color Me Bad songs. Right, exactly. <laughs> right we off know the dome. your priorities. So yeah, the category of like iconic songs and recognizable songs, it feels as though that's sometimes where it is a roadblock for people. But there are songs that they have that are more recognizable than you would think. I mean, especially for a band that is very electronic and not super heavy on the lyrics. Sometimes it's about the, recognizing the melodies. I wonder if that's why they didn't do why they did those three years of tours. Of the, I mean, I know they had box sets of they remixed every sound of every album. They did this thing where they took every album, every sound because they had to do it anyway. They originally they had been traveling with the original synthesizers, which were the size of rooms. Mm-hmm. So they would have seven <laughs> trucks, oh, whoa. following them everywhere they would go, and they were known as this continent, this intercontinental band that was like you know their whole concept was electronics and the mechanism is going to unify everybody. Mm-hmm. And so and that this was the future and the future was quickly becoming the present. That was their whole concept, generally speaking. So they would travel with these giant trucks and then show up and be like, this is our vision of the future. They have to go back and like all these wires, all these things. Mm-hmm. Oh my and these trucks would have to follow them. And so at some point after the mix, 
where they sort of took their studio and redid. They realized everybody was going digital. Everybody was catching up to them. Which I love the name of their studio, Kling Clang. Aus <laughs> <laughs> Dusseldorf. It's in yeah. Dusseldorf. Just That's a yellow, Dusseldorf. just a yellow cinder block building in Dusseldorf. Do you speak any German? Do you speak a lot I've, of German? I used to. I started German when I was ten, and I stopped my first year in college just because it was just like there is no more German you can learn. So I don't know it. Know it. But I, it just, it just. You could it, get by in Germany. You'd be all I right. I do it. It works its way into my comedy all the time. It's like it's in everything. Mm -hmm. I, all my, I have posts that are German posts all the time. Yeah, right. I use Ausgezeichnet all the time. Mm -hmm. Just and don't even know that I'm doing it. Like I just didn't know that. That's, but yeah, so they shrunk everything down to these suitcases. Now when they tour, they have suitcases, and they just walk out and place them on the thing, and then just and everything that was in the trucks is each in the suitcase. And so basically, what they were predicting is now, and that's the what they're reveling now, on. and they mm -hmm. predicted it. So I think that in this tour what they did was they did every album that way they went through every piece of every album and made it pristine and perfect if you buy it you can buy it a box or you can buy each one remastered they're on Spotify you can listen yeah. to the difference the box in a suitcase would that be yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it was, and then yeah. they and so then they toured with this these 3D graphics and stuff but essentially re-indoctrinating this public into what they're hearing so, and you when I went to see them I took Davy Johnson Josh Hadam like four people to see them at the Greek. And the guys who stuck with me, some people ran up to the front and other people kind of stayed with me. They were like, wait a minute, is this, this is them? And I'm like, that's what it's Because they thought it was from another me. song. Mm -hmm. And I was I, like, play me something all right, that's going so, to make me. Yeah. So this uh, is, this is the one where I think it's, it's could potentially shock you. What? So this is a riff. This is called Computer Love. This uh -huh. is the riff from a very popular song by Coldplay called Talk. You take a picture of something that's new. Nothing? No. I don't I'm not a huge Coldplay, a Coldplay person though. Well the podcast that... is canceled. <laughs> um, it's so warm that song too. It is. Yeah, this yeah. is a... So they sam they sampled it, and the, the story is very funny about how Chris Martin uh, got the sample, because they're known recluses, and they're very hard to get in contact with, so there was some back and forth with some lawyers, and uh, eventually Chris Martin got an envelope with a piece of yellow legal paper in it, and all it said was, yes. That's perfect. <laughs> they got, it should have said, da. Yeah, right? Um, da or ya? Yeah. I think ya. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're not Russian. Oh yeah, Kristen, come on. You're right about yeah. that. Sure. But this, yeah, this whole track, which was a hit, is based off of that Kraftwerk riff. It wasn't a hit to me. It was yeah. a massive hit for them. It's like they ended their concerts with it. It was their encore on that. Tour. It does not shock me that it was. It was one of their biggest hits, especially from uh, I know, that time. I know clocks. I know yellow. Fair enough. But just as a, a sidebar about, I really love the story of how hard they were to get in contact with. And you could not call them because in their studio, they didn't want any distractions or anything like that. So they would have a phone, but they would turn the ringer off. And they'd say, if you want to call us, you need to call us at this specific time. If you call us at this specific time, one of them would go over the phone. It would not be ringing. And they would just pick up and go what? and say hello. And someone would be on the phone because the they thing. knew they had to call at that specific time. The other thing is their chief photographer, this guy's been a photographer for years because they don't want to work with anybody. He just photographs the band, but he doesn't photograph the band. He photographs the robots of the band for the most part that they made of themselves. <laughs> they make these – every show ends – well, most shows end with the man machine – 
And at some point during the lighting sequence, they disappear and their robots appear. And then they're just robots behind the keyboards. <laughs> <laughs> Boop bopping away. That works wild. Uh, let's, play a, let's play a few more tracks. Oh, yeah, 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 hit yeah. me with something uh, that so I might really know. They, you know, when disco was kind of the big thing, that became Kraftwerk's kind of entry into the American market, so to speak. And I was shocked to find out they have an album called Autobahn that was number five in America. In the 70s, yeah. when it was a hard thing to do. And the title track from Autobahn... Autobahn went to number twenty-five, and it's a well, it's it's seven-minute it song. Because it yeah. starts with a car. It's, like a seven it's very American. We like a car sound, first of all. Second of all, we love the idea of driving with no speed limit, baby. Right, it's the American dream. Yeah, and it's in Germany, and that's in Germany. Yeah, I pulled up the single version because I think in order for it to chart, it had to be like three and a half minutes. But the album version is uh, twenty-two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Which they love what? to do. Yeah, it's Wait, a, t- 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 it took you a second. Yeah, so it's a, it's essentially in. a full album side of this song, which uh, the lyrics will come in soon. Uh, vroom, I mean, it's more or less. Vroom, it's it's far and far and far on the autobahn, which means driving, driving, driving. Although a lot of people driving on the autobahn. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people think they're saying fun, and they think oh. it's like a take on the Beach Boys. Which, oh, maybe that's why it was a hit. Yeah. But I, it's also, there's like, so there's that level, and then there's all this massive level, like the graphics for that album cover mm-hmm. are insane. So it's a, basically a sign, essentially a sign for the Autobahn. It's a blue field. Oh, yeah, with I a saw white, it. Yeah. But that's the cover of the album, yeah. So, but, that, but up to that point, almost all album covers were about the, um, the, uh... It's about babes. About the band, really. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. you know, yeah, about, about the, the show, artist, who's in the showing band, the artists yeah. and whatever. Yeah. And they were just more about this is a concept. Um, not that Yes didn't do that with theirs, but this is like a minimal concept. Everything was reduced down to we're going to talk about a feeling and an impact. I mean, the biggest thing is that I can hear, and I know that we will talk about influence soon, but I mean, it all sounds like other things. I'm like, this is the mm-hmm. Drive soundtrack. I'm like, yeah. this yeah. is a right? Daft Punk. This is, you know what I mean? It this all. Is LCD. Yeah, so exactly. All, the, all those instruments that those guys are using, of course, are the size of this, whereas when they they made this, they had to go wire a bunch of stuff together, you know, and made, there's a reason that their albums are like, I mean, in the beginning, they were sort of like two years apart or a year apart mm-hmm. and stuff, but then they started going like eight years between albums. Right. To, to really, yeah. So, and then we've, we've played this track before, Trans Europe Express. Oh, yeah. Right, because it's famously sampled. You, yes, because when you played it, I, when you played it when you were revealing the nominees, I was like, did Africa Bombata get, get nominated? <laughs> Which he's been nominated like, before once, but yeah. Uh, this is, yeah, very recognizable. Yeah. Uh, and Planet Rock is like, no, has numbers in it too, right? It's got this and numbers mixed together, I think. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I think numbers is in there. Because this, the, this is the most prominent one, because if you listen to Africa Bambata, it's like pretty front and center. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, there's the numbers, that, that top percussive, that's Carl Bartos. Okay. The, the pew, pew. Hey, wow, we're going to stop all the fun <laughs> of the old Kraftwerk episode, which I looked it up and it was recorded on November 13th, 2018. But we are stopping it momentarily so we can take a little bit of a break. But when we come back, we are going to hear more from the remastered Kraftwerk episode with Demorge Brown. So don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back, everybody. We hope you had a nice break. We hope, I hope oh. over your break that you feel like you aged, I don't know, like two and a half years. Mm-hmm. But why don't we take you back to those days of your youth? The Demores Brown episode talking all about craft work from a few years ago. You know, we're re airing it. You're in the middle of the episode. I don't have to tell you. Let's jump back in to 2018. But, you know, that's kind of where the uh, recognizable kind of riffs end. Pitchfork put out a list of, like, 500 important great songs. And, you know, their list, unlike Rolling Stone, hews more to the the indie side, the underground side. Things mm-hmm. that, you know, aren't as mainstream. And, you know, Trans Europe Express was on there. So was the aforementioned Numbers. Yeah, they, they like to really get you in the mood uh, before I do. the beeps this, and boops start. This is Dude, definitely me and my friends me up. when I was a kid. We we knew this whole beginning part. We were like counting in numbers, like each new sun she, and just doing all these different languages. And we had the most fun. This is neat. I mean, this is cool. Yeah. I like this. this is, I mean, to me, though, this, I mean, it really, well, this it sounds a, so much like music that is made today. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. wow. Well, this is where breakdancing came, came in. Yeah. This is where it started yeah, fusing with breakdancing and downbeat. And, and... Uh, and I just love that Kraftwerk, the, their, their names for their songs are like numbers, <laughs> computer love, pocket calculator. <laughs> Which is the real one. The single that came after this, though, that Tour de France. Do you know that one? Uh, no, I that, don't. So it's in Breaking. It's in the movie Breaking, in the scene where the kid gets, he's at work. Where he dances on the ceiling. That's Breaking No, no, no. Where he's like, got the, he's got the uh, the broom, and he's outside, and he's he's basically doing the Sorcerer's Apprentice with the broom, and yes. he's breakdancing. That's Kraftwerk's song about the Tour de France, because, this is another crazy thing. In the beginning, they worked at night all the time. And the reason they worked at night was because they were big into cycling. And so they would be oh. riding their bicycles during the day. Not motorcycles, bicycles. Wow. Just going nuts. And so they finally, and eventually they did an album about the Tour de France. They did a whole album right. about the Tour de France that came out in the late 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. something like that. But they had this one single called Tour de France, and Breakin put it in. And there's a whole scene, that kid. The, its biggest influence on music you know is <laughs> breathing in songs. <sighs> right. <sighs> Oh, this sounds like house music. Like, this very much sounds like Push house it. music. Push it real good. Yeah. Wow. And this sounds like somebody riding a bicycle. Mm-hmm. I get it. And the gears are, bicycle gears are the percussion. Like, here, here come the bicycle gears. This feels like, too, like we're watching Tron. All of this feels like. Did they do the Tron soundtrack? I don't think so, but I watched them. I, wa- I was watching some concert footage of them, and sometimes they just straight up the way they're dressed, head to toe, looks like they are straight out of Tron. Yeah. You know, with like oh, the, yeah. gri- the, the grid shit on the their body suits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This sounds like. <laughs> Very simple lyrics with with Kraftwerk, which I appreciate. Yeah. They want you to just be feeling the beat. I mean, this is just, you know, I don't know. I can imagine 
this this makes me want to smoke a cigarette and step touch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the third song, they had three songs on that Pitchfork 500. The third one was something called Computer World 2. That's the, that's the murder of... Yeah. Uh, which, you know, obviously there was a, a Computer World 1 that, that opens the album Computer World. Ah. Uh, again, they keep it simple with their... But they that's, bring uh, numbers yeah. back. See, that's the thing is numbers <laughs> happens, and then numbers goes right into Computer World 2. So you get this intro, and then numbers comes in and lays over the top of this. So this is going, and then you hear this... Eins, zwei, drei, vier, fünf, sechs, sieben. And then I want to make sure I throw on... Uh, Neon lights because of the oh, yeah. the Facebook status mostly. But this is this is this is important because this is one of those first statements that the music is the music is digital that it's because mm-hmm. when you start putting it you're reducing it down to it's all numbers and it was numbers. Oh, yeah. Because you know in the 1900s every, every, all music was three four time it was waltz. Uh, it changes it changes it changes and now but it's all numbers it all comes down to numbers which is the whole point of that record. It's wild. Computers right. run everything. Computers. Let's throw on neon. Let's throw on neon lights. Zeros, oh yeah, baby. this is this is. Especially if it's the last five minutes. Yeah, if you, I'll, I'll, I'm going to look up exactly your. Uh, is it the last five minutes in forty seconds? So I will, I will try to jump to exactly that. Uh, but we'll listen to the intro for a little bit. All right, we're about to. Here we go. We're about to get into the last five minutes and forty seconds. I mean, this also reminds me of music that I really like because, like, I love cut copy. You know, I, like, there are so many bands that are so derivative of this mm-hmm. music that yeah. I'm like, that I really do like a lot. Uh, and <laughs> video games. Yeah. Also, just, I've, I've definitely played a video game before, and this <laughs> sounds like I'm doing it right now. Well, the Japanese loved them. And then that's mm-hmm. what Yellow Magic Orchestra sort of came about because of Kraftwerk. They're like the Japanese Kraftwerk. Okay. And Ryuichi Sakamoto is in that band, um, Harry Hosono, a bunch of other guys. Their big hit, which came out around the time the Computer World came out, and they're just copying Kraftwerk. Not shamelessly, but like tribute to Kraftwerk. Yeah. And they had a song called Computer Games, which is just literally songs from Midway Machines merged yeah. together into a symphony that they would play that then became the song Firecracker, which you also know. You don't know you know, but you do know. They had their own fan band, basically, that was also a major influential band worldwide. <laughs> it's insane. Mm-hmm. It's madness. They're like, a, they're insane. Right. What so, are more of our, what is our next category? Right. So, uh, unfortunately, they, they don't do great in terms of recognizing the songs no. until you kind of hear them and, like, you get it because it's like, you don't recognize maybe the song, but you recognize how it has permeated throughout all of music after it. All of Duran Duran. The next category is commercial success. Now, they're not a band that is breaking the bank. They're not a band that is going nuts. But, you know, like I mentioned before, shockingly to me, Autobahn was a number five record in America when it came out in 1974. After that, it was a pretty steep drop. You know, the next one in America, Radioactivity was 140, Trans Europe Express was 119. They're consistent, but across the world, they do much better. Uh, in America, it's not like they're selling nothing, but it's also, you know, they're kind of in the middle towards the uh, 
the low end of things. But they've been able to, if we talk about the next and category, the touring too. longevity, mm-hmm. you know, they, they still put on a really great show. And and like you said, you saw them at a, what was the festival? Uh, I saw Coachella. them at Coachella. At Coachella. Well, I saw them at Coachella and it was crazy because I was at, my friends wanted to go to one stage. We planted ourselves there. It was the main stage. And it was like Hives, some other band, Bell and Sebastian, blah, 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 blah. Pixies. And then Radiohead. And I was like, I'm going to stay with you guys until the Pixies, and then I'm getting the fuck out of here, and I'm going to go find I'm going to go find Kraftwerk. By that point, it was just a mile of people. It was a quarter mile yeah. of people and a quarter mile wide. But the best part was Kim Deal, and my friend stayed, and Kim Deal goes, I'll see you guys at the Kraftwerk tent. <laughs> and I was like, see you fuckers later. And I just ran as her stepping through and around people and got there early, like during the mm-hmm. Ringo set. And so then I was, I was in. And sure enough, Radiohead did their set and everybody started trying. I couldn't get out of the tent when the show was <laughs> over because everybody was outside listening. That is no escape. No. I mean, that is a it's cry height. quite a distinction that they can, you know, be a huge draw for a festival now. Other massive. You know? I, it's, it's insane to me because it really is. A, maybe that's the true measure of their greatness is that a lot of these people can't sit and, and go, go with you slug for slug with them but if the music's playing they get it if they're playing somewhere they know they're going to say and for a lot of people they wanted they wanted to see these 3d graphics because that show was my that in and of itself it got into the point where the last couple the last tour was a fine arts exhibition Mm -hmm. that's what it was it was a modern fine arts exhibition it was more than the music it was a what they call a a gesamtskunstwerk which is like your entire body of work i love that presented And if we talk about longevity in terms of like the height of their artistic output, I think we're probably looking at Autobahn was like kind of the marker of who they were. And, you know, there's like kind of before Autobahn and like after Autobahn, which was 74. And then, you know, it was Radioactivity, Trans Europe Express, Man Machine, Computer World, all the Electric Cafe, all the way up to 86. And that's kind of, I would say, that 12 year period which is a good run of like you're firing on all cylinders you're putting out your best work <laughs> you know not a, not a lot of bands have that you know it's also yeah, that's not a like, long one it's not like they were i mean they were still doing that probably if we're being honest that's kind of where they drop off in terms of relevance in the public eye but still putting out stuff and still being able to command a presence and a following so many years later is uh impressive yeah. That's why. Uh, the next category, we've touched on it a bunch, yeah. but uh, influence and innovation, this is where they are probably, they do better <laughs> in this category than nearly anybody else who's ever yeah. been around. I, listening to a lot of their songs, they, I mean, yeah, they have influenced everyone and they've changed music and the course of it. Yeah, because it's not only at first you think like, oh, okay, the synthy 80s music does not exist without Kraftwerk. That's mm-hmm. maybe the most immediate... I mean, maybe even before that, some disco stuff does not exist without Kraftwerk. The disco stuff that sounds more electronic-y, you know. I think of, like, I Feel Love by Donna Summer, which has the Giorgio Moroder thing going. Which, you know, he's... You maybe call him more of a contemporary of craft work, but I think that's that's all part no, of he, the same. He's on record as saying he pulled it from them. Okay. He, like, and the other thing is they don't exist really without Bowie going, this is the best shit I've ever heard. And mm-hmm. every interview that he went through was like, by the way, have you heard craft work? They're amazing. <laughs> and then he his whole three album series where he goes to Berlin. With and, Brian, you know, and, yeah. and then there's a song, a tribute to craft work. There's a song called V2 Schneider.
Florian Schneider was a member of the band Kraftwerk. Right. He put this song called V2. I don't know why he put the fucking rocket on there because it sure decimated the shit out of London and scared the hell out of him. But he, right. the Banner yeah, Von Brown's rocket, but he, but he called it V2 Schneider and it's done in that electronic, that bare electronic sense. It's like his version. He and Eno's version of it. It's trippy, too, because there are all these other German bands. So Michael Roeder, who started with them, left and formed Neu. And then there was this band, Cluster, that just lived on a a commune, a farm. They would experiment with, like, recording, taking a shovel and hitting a tractor and using that Mm -hmm. as a sound to build a song around it. It's funny, too, to be, like, in such an organic place making synthetic music. Mechanical, yeah. Yeah. But that's that's how they were... And, uh, that's interesting. I always thought that band was pronounced Nye. Oh, yeah. That's what I thought. Was, but it's oh, Noi. Noi. Yeah. Interesting. Noi. So that's there, like how an Australian person says yeah, no. Noi. Yeah. Noi. So like, there's that direct, almost immediate influence. And then as you creep into 80s and you're hearing synthy sounds like that all, like I mentioned, Betty Davis eyes before. <laughs> but like any any of that, those kind of synth lines and that like the... the uh, I forget what, what we called it, the, like, but like the drum, drum but that, cra- that crack drum is yeah. a car. That's a that's Carl Bartos. That's that's his synth. Straight that's- from them, and then hip hop. I mean, so much early and throughout hip hop is, if not directly sampling Kraftwerk, like we heard Africa Bambata, it's sampling things that were influenced by Kraftwerk. And I think I think Kraftwerk's work is so a part of weirdly the hip hop story, you know, for these weird German guys to be foundational for what hip hop was. And there's the other songs on those records, like, you know, on the other side of uh trans Europe express, there's one of my favorite songs is endless endless, which is just about the fact that ultimately when you get down to it, it's borders are, it's a, it's, it's a melody that's sort of just repeating, like almost like mm-hmm. a Schubert type melody is repeating, mm-hmm. but in, it's all a computer that's doing the thing. In English, it's endless endless. It's as if you're in a train, you're in this Trans Europe Express, which was a new concept that you could just get on a train and just go all the way across Europe on a train, a high speed train. And it just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. The song just loops over and over and over like you're looking out of a train right now. And then the only lyrics in it at the end are a computer voice that's echoing, going, endless, 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 endless. These guys, they're wild. Conceptual beauty. They're a big deal. And also, as we've said, every, like, so much of dance music today is like an utter A to B. Right. So any electronic music, dance music, that all, it's so a part of the DNA of that genre. is, And especially also like early 90s, like house music too. Very, very influenced by them. I was the fact that Computer World comes out and has several songs that are about the idea of people owning their own personal computers at a time when nobody that concept did mm-hmm. not exist that you would oh have yeah they also created the your... future yes they're also, they you saw, know, I mean, well, no, you're going to tell me that Steven Jobs didn't listen to that record yeah. and like, mm-hmm. go like yes we're on the right track at least yeah if you go to the Rock Hall's website and you go to Kraftwerk's page the first thing that's written is Kraftwerk is the foundation upon which all synthesizer based rock and roll and electronic dance music is built that's the, the headline and that is yeah. correct Damn. Uh, so it's, right. it's hard. It's hard to even scratch the surface with the influence and the innovation. Yeah. But like they are beyond anything you could even. Yeah. Like anyone maybe who's ever been nominated or inducted. Like it's it's hard to really put your finger on it or articulate it. The last category is: Does my mom know who they are? Ooh, does she? My so, mom knows. And, <laughs> but that's because of me, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you know, I'm gonna straight up. You're gonna text, text her right mom? now. <laughs> 
<laughs> when I asked my mom if she had heard of MC5, she responded f- several hours later with "Not sure," which mm-hmm. I'm, which is a no. I'm guessing it's a no. And the point of this category, and maybe in a way, it's the most important category because it takes a temperature of is this a band that generally people know? Yeah. And if does your mom write you back right away? My mom, oh boy, unfortunately, has to say no. She does not know. Craftwork. Oh. That's nice that she didn't try to couch her bets and be like, hmm, maybe. maybe? Like, <laughs> my mom is not willing to she admit hasn't been that thrown she under doesn't the bus know enough. who they No, and a follow-up, <laughs> neither does dad. <laughs> wow. Mom and dad both wow. don't know craft If I text my mom right now, I'll, maybe I'll hear from her in a Which few Which is probably the roadblock that's keeping Kraftwerk. They've been up. This is her fifth yep. time. This is the roadblock that's keeping Kraftwerk from getting in is they are monumentally influential and have put out very good work. But the average person on the street in america especially does not know what are you who they are at the stars of today i don't even the girl that's in the trailer when you go to see movies and they're playing in the pre-trailer stuff where she's got her beats on and the guy's asking her like was this the hardest song you ever recorded and then they cut to fake documentary footage of her going oh 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 and then her finger kind of goes up in the air and she's in the studio and she nails it and she's like yeah it was tough but I got real personal, and it's all about Dre's beats. Like uh-huh. those stars, the America's Got Talent stars, they don't give a shit about where the music comes from or where the sounds no. come from. You know, the thing it comes from. Pharrell, I like that you reenacted that you reenacted the whole preview that you see. I'm in so a mad at that. I'm so mad. At that. I see a lot of movies, and <laughs> I have to see so that. That's so good. <laughs> and I and I love these headphones to death. And the the designer of these is a good friend of mine. But like that ad, I want to punch in the face every time I see it. Just like stop fake singing. Just... That's really funny. Well, shall we do our verdict? Yes. So, should Kraftwerk be in the Rock Hall? Will they be in the Rock Hall? And when and will it be this year? And we'll start with Kristen. Okay. Should they? I'm now a yes. You're, uh, you've been converted. Big time. Well, there's just no... Re- the amount of influence that they've had, it is undeniable. They absolutely, without a doubt, should get into the Rock and Roll mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. They also will get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It is just a question of when. Do I think it will be this year? I do not. Do I think it should be this year? Yeah. I mean, they they should get mm-hmm. in this year. Roy Traken voted for them. He sure There's did. one vote. What number? Are, how are they doing in the fan poll? Not great, Kristen. <laughs> They're not doing great in the fan poll. I mean, <laughs> do the fans count? Does the fan poll count? One, one ballot out of so it's like so one there's you know oh, a million votes uh, and that comprises one ballot and you know the ballot looking at who does well is also an indication of like what who oh, they and are what second know. to last just, just above, above our MC5. friends the MC5 in between or not Rufus the MC5 MC5 and MC5 yeah. wait just above Rufus just below Rufus just below Rufus the ba- and the just above three. MC5 who the last are these three in the fan poll they're these big are... deaf leopard heads alright right. I'm sorry uh, more. Okay, what do you think should, should they will they when and will it be this I year? absolutely should be uh, sooner than possible and I think they will go in and if they do go in, I'm really curious of two things. Number one, who's going to show up? Mm-hmm. Because the band well, is... that's the... our next thing. We, yeah. we will Oh, talk. you're going to talk about that? We will the get members. to that, yes. So there's that. And the other thing is, where the hell is this new freaking album? They're so airtight on it. It's been <laughs> done for five... There was a... It's like in the can already? Well, there was an executive who said it was delivered four years ago. Before they went on the, the other tour, like the new record's been delivered. And then she disappeared. Nobody's ever heard from her again. Whoa. So I think the new record is that done. Is she? And Rolf is like... 
2017 is the last time he's on record as saying, it's well, the new music, we're working on our new music and we're trying to get it right. And when we have it right, then we'll bring it to you. But this is not the long, it's all about like the long term. It's like, mm-hmm. we know the record's done. Put the music out. Yeah. Oh. Do you think they'll get in this year? I want them in. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Yes. You're they will get it. I think they put them on. I just think that it's like ballot. at this point, it's 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 like a you can't you can't not there you can't right. No. So, Kristen, you said uh, no for this year, but we didn't have we didn't get a prediction for when you think they would eventually get in. Oh gosh. Well, I think if they don't get in this year, I think it's probably going to be five years from now. I just don't see like if this isn't the one, I don't see them getting back on the ballot for a couple more years. Mm-hmm. And then, then maybe they'll get in after that. Okay. Interesting. What do you think, Joe? I think obviously they should get in, and I do think they will get in, but because of the because of the voters, I know kind of who the voters are. I don't think they're getting in this year. And they were a slam dunk for Roy. They I'm, no no that's not true. He was like on the fence, and oh, then, he, then yeah. he, he wasn't. But he was like pretty sure. He was like, it's got to be. Craft he was like, work. I got to do. Craft and you were work. like, what about the cure? Yes, I did say that. <laughs> but I, I was fine. I was fine because I feel like the if truth. you put craft work on the ballot, that's like, of course. Oh, I love hey, the my cure. mom I just responded. Think they're like they're newer. I said, do you know the band Kraftwerk? And she said, sorry, no. <laughs> yeah, was, right. That's okay. So that's, <laughs> not many and that's why do. I think they're so low on the fan vote. And that's I just it's hard for me to envision a ballot where I see them winding up in the top five they're and gonna have to do a uh, they're gonna they'll never this will never happen but pharrell's gonna have to do a craft work remix right or something, something yeah. super yeah. mainstream and populous like that needs to kind of come through or there needs to be we've talked about this before a documentary that's like really huge and get, or like a biopic i mean that's how nwa yeah. ended up getting in they're not gonna let it you know what it's i mean like will forte love. play uh, <laughs> yeah so i don't know i think it's gonna be unfortunately i think it's gonna be more than 10 years from now I think it's going to take some time just because I imagine. It's so like bands different... that they've influenced will have to get in first. Like Depeche Mode will probably get in before them. Yeah. You know, I mean, will we which, get... is, which is crazy. Yeah. Which is ironic. Does it make it? Devo will probably get in before them. And it's weird to think of like, will we get to a point where LCD sound system gets in before them? Whoa. I mean, like, I don't know. It's weird, but like. If that I... happens, what's his face will say something when he gets on the microphone. Yeah, James Murphy oh, yeah. is going to be James like. Will say... Well, let's 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 talk about what you were mentioning before, which is they have who gets inducted, and so they it's the the classic four lineup. You know, it's Ralph Florian, uh, Carl Bartos, and Wolfgang Floor. Those are the ones who have been included because they publicize that when the nominations are announced, and that's about right. When it comes to their peak artistically, yeah. it was those four guys on the majority of yeah. those classic albums. It's not who's in the band currently outside of outside of Ralph. Now there's other guys who joined in the '90s who are not included, and I get that. The band you're inducting is the band from you know, Trans Europe Express and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And you were mentioning before you're you're skeptical that you could get all four are still living, correct? They're all living. My understanding is that there's a lot of bad blood. When they first started, before there was a Kraftwerk, Kraftwerk, there was a Ralph and Florian. So it was just Ralph and Florian mm-hmm. doing some experimental things, and then they were, they were called Tone Float, I think. And then they became Kraftwerk, and there's Kraftwerk mm-hmm. 1 and 2. Those are the albums with the road cones. One's green, one's red. Then Audubon. So that's – but Bardos is in, and he's his primary job was percussion. But the problem is that – and this is weird. So the problem is that both Fleur and Bartos were upset when they were making the mix because Florian and Ralph decided to take their entire – their, their clink-clang studio and mm-hmm. rewire it, make it digital – 
take all the wires out if they could, redo everything. That meant for their music, for them playing live, they would have to redo everything they did, make everything digital, the yeah. mm-hmm. wiring components, yeah. they could just do whatever. And it took years, and it kept going and going and going. And those guys wanted to make new music, and they're like, look, this, we're set up, let's just make some new music. They had new music that they just hadn't put out yet. That stuff is lost. All those songs are like just in a vault somewhere. And they didn't, so Fleur left first, and then Bartos left. And then there was this crazy wave of media, and it's very spare because they didn't do a lot of interviews, but one of the things that sparked them doing interviews was that Floor would come out and go, well, those guys were just pay for hire. They weren't in the band. Oh. And you're like, whoa, you what burnt. the fuck? Yikes. So when they put the Tour de France album out, which is several years after the actual single came out, they redid the cover. The album cover... You know, you can get into their graphics with Emil Schult, this other guy who's doing like their all their their sort of graphic design influence and that thing. But he, they're on the cover riding bikes in a graphic formation. Yeah, they replaced their faces <gasps> on the new single mm. with the play, the plays of the new for hire. Like Fritz Hilpert, I think, was one of the guys, and somebody else. Yeah, brought and in. Henning Schmitz. Henning Schmitz. So I don't know who's still there now, but also. It was Ralph and Florian for a while, and Florian left. I think for health reasons, Florian finally left, mm-hmm. maybe four years ago. He's just like, I'm too old to be doing this. Yeah. So he left. So he's Ralph has sort of repopulated the band with Yeah, and he's younger, the, only, the only you know key member who's Younger, still fitter robots. <laughs> Basically. <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> so maybe so Radiohead will get in. Yeah. Uh, Radiohead will, will get in before Kraftwerk. Yeah. Uh, the... So it'll be interesting so to see. So I don't know, because I don't think the blood is... like I don't think that any of that stuff has been... One, yeah. one book is out. called I Was a Roboter, and he was basically trying to take, basically give some behind-the-scenes gossip, basically, <laughs> that would that would take away yeah. the image of them as these sort of perfect robotic people who only yeah. did their music and talking about some of the weird shit that they did. Interesting. That there were uh, club stuff that they were into. And at stuff. the very least, they could have the current touring band play, which yeah, tends to be so. how things work when, when bands have bad blood. Yeah, and uh, play some new music. God damn it. Yeah. Play, Ooh, play wow. the new yeah. stuff. Well, this is what the next well, thing that we yeah. will talk about, which is what songs do they play? Usually they play three, three song songs. Set. Oh, wow. I would guess Trans Europe Express for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, I would guess maybe Autobahn. That seems like a, a good bet. And then probably Computer Love. And that spans uh, three different albums that gives a pretty good encapsulation of their career, I think. Of, of like they're probably three best albums and like the most iconic songs from those albums would be my prediction of what they played. But also, it's kind of up to them. So, I wonder if they would get if they, if they would give them a, a like a partial or a buy and let them either close out or open with Man Machine mm-hmm. in Maybe some they would way, do like, like a let medley the robots, type of thing, or do something. Yeah. And also, they, they, could, they could do numbers, computer world, and put two like mm-hmm. that computer world number two, which is numbers. And they can. Yeah. I was going to say they could very easily do a medley. Yeah, because of the kind of music they make, they could do. I uh, think they do radioactivity. That's their big mission right now. That's their big mission. purpose of that album was coming out of that political corner and it's only gotten mm-hmm. bigger and bigger they've expanded those songs the intro to oh, those songs is they're trying to they'd make a political message too yeah i have no thoughts on what song yeah it's play, hard other for than you to the dis- one that was the african bombada that's trans europe express okay that yeah. song that then like they a, absolutely a, have yeah. to play that one that's the song i think they have to play they right. just play metal on metal from that at some point just over the middle track of that is like that trans europe express has a middle section called metal on metal which is just 
literally sounds of the railroad up against each other. Mm-hmm. But that it's sounds horrible. On top. And yet, <laughs> when you think hear I it, would it's enjoy the ba- that. but it, it is the basis of all of Bombada and all that all that right. sort of electro music. They're the type of group where they could have a set and then I would find out later what they played. Yes. You know, yeah. I'd be like, they played 18 songs. I didn't realize yeah. I thought it was just four. That's crazy. Uh, and then, the, then another question is who inducts them? You know, someone has to, someone gives a speech to induct them. Yeah, geez. You know, it James, would have been Bowie. I James would have said Murphy. Bowie. James Bowie would have been great. Would be Bowie one. would have been perfect. It would have been Bowie. I Although think. Bowie did not like the hall and he he never showed up. But James Murphy's a, a, a good Donkey Kong. What's his face from Coldplay? He's a good... Chris Martin, Oh, maybe? Chris Martin? Yeah, Chris Martin, because he could tell that story. That would be funny, too. And people love Chris Martin. Like, he, he's he very popular. Ball. He and inducted he plays Peter ball. Gabriel. Uh, when are they eligible? Coldplay. Oh, gosh. Jeez. Ever? Five or six years or something? They will what? get in. Well, I'm they just saying, when, when do they in. become eligible? For what? I'm going to tell mean, you right now. I don't now. have anything against them. They're very likable. But, they I mean, will honestly, for get what? In. They'll get in immediately. They were huge. Uh, and they, they have a lot of... They're still, I mean... Yeah. And they've, they've stayed huge for a long time. Even though I've never we'll heard that Coldplay song episode. that everybody knew. Yeah, like, you didn't know It's like talk. saying, uh, when does Maroon 5 get in? I just don't no, see it. No, I don't see That's very... Oh, boy. Fighting words. Oh, here we go. I mean, I don't even like Coldplay, but I just don't think that that's accurate. Mm-hmm. I do want to yeah, point out that I mentioned that Donkey Kong could induct them, and I got zero response. So I want to make sure that no one. Well, heard. I mean, I don't know. You can't get Donkey Kong to Should show up. You said, could get Diddy. What about, maybe Diddy Kong? You get Diddy might show up. Diddy Kong. Qbert would probably do it. What about uh, he's Mario? more their era. Would he do it? Nah, Mario, he's, you know, the licensing what alone. What about is... Dr. Mario? <laughs> yeah, show up, show up in the scrubs. Um, yeah, it, it feels like there's a lot of, I'm not sure, people sample craft work, but I, I bet some... you Pharrell would introduce them. Like somebody, they would get yeah. somebody from dance culture, from, from hip hop. Yeah, from, They would get someone from hip hop, yeah. or Dre, or somebody. He inducted Nile Rodgers uh, a few years ago. So. Pharrell did? Yeah, Pharrell did. Oh, yeah. Um, there's good precedent for that then. I mean, have the Daft Punk guys go up and not say anything but hold up like words to it. Yeah, <laughs> or they would hold up <laughs> one of those little things, you know, like a scroller. Yes, the electronic like, yeah. scroller. Just a yeah. scroller. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to think about who could and, yeah, how Kraftwerk would be inducted. James Murphy seems like a, a good one to me, and I'm trying to think of, like, I mean, I have no idea if Trent Reznor has any... Uh, feelings or connections about Kraftwerk. I'm I'd sure. assume he does. Sure, I would assume. That's another reason that I think of them as pre-industrial is because I always associate them in some way with Nine Inch Nails in my head. Because mm-hmm. it seems like those two are never on the ballot at the same time. Anyway. All right. Well, that was the Kraftwerk remastered episode with Demores Brown. Uh, one thing we didn't really, I mean, we talked about when we thought Kraftwerk was going to get inducted, but now that they're being inducted, and it's in the early influence category. Uh, we've talked about this before, but I don't think that they're going to spend a lot of time on the induction. It might just be a package. I mean... You don't think they're going to do a full stage show? I don't see Kraftwerk showing up to Cleveland. Yeah, it would be I... very cool if they did, and I bet the producers are going to try to get them. But if they don't get craft work, I don't think they have a tribute performance because I don't think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Do you think that the early influences are all going to get in one jumbled up package because it's going to be a wild ride? Or, I don't think so. Do you think they'll each get their own little? I think they'll each you think get it'll their own. It'll be a micro package. Little thing, but I do think emphasis on little. 
Like, mm-hmm. I think it'll probably be package and performance. I think the speeches will be folded into the packages. I think basically the only side category that's going to be treated like a normal induction will be LL Cool J. They will act like that's just a normal induction. He'll have a speech, he'll have a package, he'll have a, he'll perform, yeah. you know. But craft work, I mean, the only thing I could think of, which would be kind of interesting, and it would accomplish something more than just this induction, which is that last year Depeche Mode and Nine Inch Nails were inducted. They did not get to perform because the ceremony was virtual because of the pandemic, but you could incorporate them in some way, you know, involving them in a live way because they missed out last year, one or the other, and then having that be, you know, they could cover a Kraftwerk song. (laughs) Maybe it'll be like the Oscars and they'll just have a DJ. Yes. I mean, Questlove is already, he's the one who always does that. So Mm -hmm. he's already involved. And so just for the intros and outros, when they throw to commercial break, they'll just play a second of those songs (laughs) from him (laughs) as the DJ. But yeah, I I mean, I, I hope there's something cool knowing how much stuff they need to get through this year and knowing the rock hall and knowing that, you know, craft work isn't the thing that's bringing the eyeballs to the HBO ceremony. I'm not expecting much. All right. Well, that just about does it for this episode. A walk down memory lane. What a nice time we certainly had. Oh, I uh, hope you left all the plugs in from whatever. We... No, let's do plugs now. We're going to do plugs now. <laughs> So our <laughs> listeners know they can follow us at Rock Hall Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And they can also follow us. You're at Kstud across all platforms. I'm at Joe K, Joe K on Twitter and at Joe Qua on Instagram. Uh, rockhallpod at gmail.com is the email. Uh, if you want to send us a message, that's great. I will be the one reading it. If Kristen is meant to read your message, you need to put her name in there somewhere. Otherwise, uh, by her orders, I will not be forwarding it. I know I say that every week, but to make it clear... This is a decree that came down from Ms. Stuttered herself. I am not interested <laughs> unless you have something specific that is for my eyes only and it better be a compliment. <laughs> yeah. And to be clear, that's not to say like put Kristen in your email just because like put it in there because you think Kristen should or would want to see it. Yes. It's, yeah. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, of course. A subscription helps us to be visible. And you know what else helps us to be visible, which in turn helps us to grow as a podcast, uh, is a rating and a review. And of course, if you're going to do a rating, if it's not five stars, then don't bother because that hurts us. And it, it, it will, they'll kick us off. Look yeah, it, you know what? It not just hurts our rating, it hurts our feelings. Mm-hmm. It does. Okay, um, if you have something to say to us, you send Joe an email and Joe only. <laughs> yes, that's how it has to go down. And you know what? Have you already reviewed us, given us a rating? Uh, get find, find a friend's account and do it yeah. again. Hey, maybe you got a couple Apple IDs. I don't know. Who's to say? But to it, say? It, it would be exciting for us to see that happen you know what? When this episode comes out, maybe I'll I'll start publicly pushing that we should have like a a rating and review week or something to try and uh, get those numbers up, get those ratings out, see if that does anything for us. Juice 
The numbers. We're trying to juice the numbers. Give us the juice, please. Well, anyway, thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo. Thank you to Yusu Kim for the music. Thank you to Future Rock Legends for being the source of information for things like this. Thank you to AKG for the microphone. And thank you to Pantheon Podcasts for hosting us. I'm Joe Quazala. And I'm Kristen Studdard. And who cares? About the Rock Hall. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.